Welcome to Press Play to find out. A content thicket fixer upper where we watch media that let us down and then we take the wheel and we fix it ourselves. My name is Riley Hopkins. My pronouns are he and they. And I am joined as, as always by my wonderful friend Jacqueline. Hey, it's me, Jacqueline. I'm normal today. <laughs> my pronouns are she and her. <laughs> Watching these two episodes really did a number on you, didn't you? <laughs> I, I, I think I have Legend of Korra, is what what my brain is saying to me after watching this. Yeah, so, listener, obviously you know what we're doing here, but I'm going to let you know just in case this is your first episode. This is a, a podcast for the Podcast Minds Pod Jam. <laughs> one, pod, one mic stand, pod mic stand, whatever the fuck. And uh, Jack and I do a show where we quickly recap an episode of television. We each bring one, and then we uh, we 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 talk about how we can make it better. We play a little TTRPG a little bit. We we do a little bit of TTRPG and to to flesh out how this could be improved. And um, the two episodes we watched today, again, as you know, are uh, the season four finale of Gilmore Girls: Raincoats and Recipes, and the season one finale of Cora: Endgame. Jacqueline. <laughs> How are you feeling outside of the intense physical toll this has taken on your body? Wow. I, I'm... I... Okay, for Korra, that that shit still sucks. Um, Gilmore Girls, I, I gotta say, I'm liking it. This is my first... This is, like, my first Gilmore Girls exposure. I'm, I'm vibe. I was sicker before I watched Gilmore Girls, and I got better after watching this episode, I think. Medicinal Gilmore Girls. That's fantastic, because I watched Korra, and it made me like, oh, you know what I miss? I miss a little bit of season three. <laughs> I miss yeah. watching other episodes of Korra. <laughs> I miss God. what I like about this show, I thought. <laughs> so, don't talk to me. No, talk to me. You are you pitched the Korra episode, and so this episode let you down. And so, before we get into it, I want you to tell me. How did this episode let you down? <laughs> I, I, I need you to be brief. <laughs> but let him have it. All let, right. let Michael Dante Martino and Brian Kosciuszko have it. Alright, should should I incorporate like a little summary in there or should I like let should I let the contacts clues fill it in? No, you're right. Let's incorporate a little bit of summary. Tell me what happened in that episode. <laughs> All right. So this episode is the it's the the climax of the whole equalist plot of this entire season. Mm-hmm. They want to take away our bending, mm-hmm. uh, but it turns uh, like a big double raid happens with all the heroes. They go on and show that the equalist leader Amon is actually like a fraud. He's actually a water bender, a mm-hmm. blood bender, he, and uh, they they defeat him. And uh, Asami defeats her dad. Uh, who is bad, and so, and then at the end, Cora gets her bending taken away, but she learns how to do air bending afterwards, which she hasn't been able to do all season. And then at the very end of the show, she's really sad, and so Ang shows up, and he's like, "Here, you can have your bending back," and he gives it back to her. And she and, has access uh, to the Avatar state, <laughs> and she kisses her boyfriend, uh, and uh, that's that's how that ends. Uh, and then the very ending, obviously, you know, the closer for, for Amon who gets away, the equalist leader, uh, explodes and we never talk about him again. <laughs> this is true. This is actually true. <laughs> how did how did season one finale of Korra hurt you? <laughs> okay. I think that the original conception of this show 
where every where this was going to be where every season would be a different setting and this would be like a like every avatar every season would have a different avatar uh, is that be true so, yes yes yo it would be so fucking good but they decided to just keep doing this and so they made Korra get her powers back uh so i hate that she got her powers back i think it's the worst th- i think it's mm-hmm. the worst possible decision mm-hmm. for this show i i don't want to just like jump straight into like this is how it should have ended mm-hmm. get through your gripes first let's we'll, we'll get through the yes. hatred yes um so number one she gets her bending back i mm-hmm. think that's cheap ang shows up that's like fine i'm fine with her seeing ang but whatever i just think it's cheap that he gives her her powers back immediately mm-hmm. number two uh, she she kisses the boy. She kisses me. She kisses Mako. Mm-hmm. I I <sighs> more than kisses. I love you. <laughs> she says I love you. Mm-hmm. These are this is the this is the classic like teenage I love you. Mm-hmm. But like this 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 caused things to happen. This is why people were preparing bottles to pop at the <laughs> season finale. Uh, <laughs> we popping and, bottles and, tomorrow. <laughs> uh huh. Um, and I, those are my two main things. I I think my, my last one is just that, like, the, the big wet dud of Asami's entire storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are, those are my three main points. That's actually great, because I have different takes. I have different things that I was upset me. Okay. So, I was super interested in Amon. I think, like, the idea of a motherfucker going, like, hey, bending, <laughs> bending is, like, a a thing that has, has affected class in fucking Republic City. Is that what it's called? Yeah, like, yeah. Is fascinating. And then they're, like, actually, he was a bender, too. And I, I'm just, like, can he just have, like, a cool other power that is to take people's bending away? Like, I don't know. I was fascinated by that. I was really interested by that. And then, like, as the series goes on, and they're just like, he can actually bloodbend. I'm like, fuck you. Like, god damn it. And then, like, yeah. and then, like, again, like you said, but for a, for a different part, the wet fart of he gets his brother out of attic jail and drives him off, and then they both explode. And they're like, well, that political thought is done. <laughs> just like, bro, what the god damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. That's a very fair point. <laughs> so that's that's what really upset me about the about the show about the the finale as a whole. There's also like I don't know, Korra goes down immediately in the fight, <laughs> and then Mako's like, actually, I have lightning, <laughs> and gets, gets the recovery <laughs> dub. <laughs> it's just what is what is happening? Why is this? <laughs> like, who's the show about? I don't give a shit. It's 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 the word the world's weirdest ensemble. Like why do we really need Dante Bosco here for this? Like I like Dante Bosco, but it's like okay, you made him have be Zuko a little bit again. Sure, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Who cares? When watching this, I didn't watch any build up episodes, so I get to uh, I get to this, and I'm like, okay, there's Asami, there's Bolin, and uh. Who the fuck am I looking at? That's not Mako. He's with Korra right now. Who's this guy here? What the fuck is happening? Why does he sound just like Zuko? He's just 
just back again. I I didn't know who he was till I'm looking right now at the synopsis because I don't think they say his name. No. I. What do we think? Okay. Before again, we get into the corrections. What do we think this episode did well? Dig deep. I like part of the Amon ending in that, like, uh, I think it was done very cinematically it in was. a way that the rest of the episode isn't. Uh, I, I like the POV shot from, what's his name, Tarlock. Mm-hmm. That's a bionicle name. That's a bionicle <laughs> ass name. God, you're right. My man's name is Kopaka, and he's sitting in the back. <laughs> I, I, so I like that. Um, I think that some of the fighting is cool. I like that Korra has like her own unique, like that her airbending style is like mm-hmm. just like punches and kicks with the air. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's characterful. I think it's like a firebending way to do airbending, right? Because that's how like uh, Ma- uh, Mako's doing firebending that whole time. He's just punch, punch, and then voosh, voosh, big fire yeah. bursts flying out. That's very true. Yeah. Um. And oh, there has to be other stuff I like, surely. <laughs> you know, I I like I like the little animals. I guess they're cute. I like the animals. <laughs> I uh, I like Amon's mask. Amon's design is sick to me. Like he's, yeah. he's just scary. He's just intimidating. <laughs> like I think that's a very cool potential direction to take it in. He's um, got that Steve Bloom voice. He's got that Steve Bloom voice. That Garrus Amorelios. That that fucking uh, Spike Spiegel. You know him, the guy in Arkham City who's just on every corner. Exactly. Oh, how do you fix this? What do you do? There's so much here that is fixable. Where do you want to draw the point? Where do you want... Because what, what I'm doing for Gilmore Girls in my head is I have found a point in which I'm diverging. And I don't know if you want to do that same thing here or if you want to approach it in a different way. So I am going to entirely dismiss your complaints about Amon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because I, I, I didn't think about it. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> You brought up great points, Skip. I don't care. <laughs> listen, listen. Play to find out what happens. Uh, we're... <laughs> You can you can pre-plan all you want, but we're here. Uh, we're the 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 place I want to diverge is the very end of the episode. Okay. Because when Aang shows up and he touches her forehead and says and lets her enter a more spiritual state, that I think that something else should happen. I think okay. that rather than her getting all the bending and reaching the Avatar state. I think that this should be a moment of deep personal reflection for Korra. Mm-hmm. One that either like completely ends the series or one that puts her in a completely new position going forward. Like mm-hmm. like her fucking memories get lost and she asked or like I want something that makes her dive into the spiritual more than just the surface level like, mm-hmm. oh, now that you've hit your lowest point, well, that's spiritual in a sense. <laughs> it's spiritual to be sad. That's right. <laughs> Great, great insight, Ang. Thanks for that. You know, he really never, he really never got past those like great divide style lessons, like the very twelve year old thinking. That's why that man's divorced and an absentee dad. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my my gener- my fix here is to just like completely knock it on its ass, uh, and put her in. A state of disrepair, I guess, or a state of like mm-hmm. finding out who Korra is, mm-hmm. because 
this entire season has been about Korra uh, connecting to this Republic City, the setting that is very material. Mm-hmm. It's very full of like it's 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 gritty, it's down to earth, and I want her to like I want her to fucking go to the land of idealism for a while. Okay, okay, okay. How and and how do you? How do you want to do that? Have you have you come prepared with a with a with a game? Have you come prepared with a thought? I feel like it'd be really funny if I didn't have a game. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was hoping you'd have one. Like we we could just have a we could just have a chat. No, I I we brought. Could, a game. I'm down to chat. <laughs> I, I I did bring a game actually. I I've brought uh, a a little game called uh. Anamnesis? Do you know Anamnesis? Anamnesis. I do not. Can you type that really quick for me? Oh, of course I can, my friend. This is a solo journaling game uh, about playing as an individual who's woken up with memory loss, uh, remembering who you are, where you are, and what you care about. Or no, sorry, not remembering who you are, where you are, what you care about. Uh, (laughs) And sort of building back up who you will be, I guess. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me just uh, swing in here and purchase this bad boy. Oh yeah, uh, this is a game by Blinking Birch Games. It's 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 a banger. They played it on uh, Friends of the Table as well. They did. I see that this is what they played for uh, Lie Lichen's uh, outro episode, which was not to not to not to Friends of the Table diverge, but got. I don't know if anyone said this. Pretty good show. Yeah, you know they they those fuckers are good at what they do. <laughs> <laughs> you know that shit? Have you heard about that shit? <sighs> I I I have I have downloaded that game. And so I figure I figure we each we each play each other's game. We each we each go on there. I just want to be on the record. Where I would change this is uh I would dig much further. I would dig further back in. <laughs> yes. I my change hits the hits the fuck is like deep in the back of the season. <laughs> Which I guess I don't know if it's in the spirit of the show or not. But I would have her act. I would have Cora actually be wrong about the bloodbending. He isn't a bloodbender. He has Amon has special powers elsewhere, and she has to learn to deal with that shit. And also, the thing I like in in fiction where they're trying to be like, I can't just beef the dude. Is like, okay, how far do you need to go in order to like get rid of a problem when the guy is like, I'm gonna keep doing this shit. And then she has to, like, actually address the issues that, like, the equalists are bringing up or some shit. Like, I just think there's so much fascinating work to be done. Oh, yeah. To be clear, there is a deep poison in this series. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is a rot in these roots. Uh, but I, I, I thought we might not have time to get into all that. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I have the I have this book in front of me, and I, I you know we've got that we've got the safety we got the the anamnesis anime, here. Do you have a? Uh, we need to have uh, the sep- the tarot cards separated into five decks. Do you have tarot cards, and are they already separated? I have tarot cards. I didn't separate them. This <laughs> might is... be a a classic a, a classic little break a classic little like quick break for me to do that. No worries. I am. I am. I am putting in a little marker so that way I can mark it and come back to edit. But I am also going to take this time while you do that to talk to the chat. To chat. Fuck. To chat. I just got done streaming. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepping myself for extra life, so I'm like, <laughs> you have to always be entertaining. You have to always be chatting. 
But uh, we separate the tarot cards into five decks. The Major Arcana, the Pentacles, the Swords, the Cups, and the Wands. We shuffle each deck and set aside the four Minor Arcana. We draw one card from the Major Arcana deck. This card is our Shadow and represents who you were in your past. Keep your Shadow face up next to you. Use this card as a guide for uncovering your past. There are five acts. Each act uses a different deck. At the beginning of an act, draw three cards from its corresponding deck. You place three cards face down in front of you, flip over the first card, read the prompt associated, make a journal entry, and remember your shadow. Flip over the next card and continue until you have made all journal entries for all three cards. I'm very fucking excited. I, I'm i also thinking about like how Korra loses her powers and then Mako's like, I love you. And she's like, I can't. I can't, I can't love you. I can't do this shit. And then rides away. And then she gets her bending back and she's like, actually, I super can. My shit's handled now. I'm good now. It's fucking stupid. Hello, I've returned with tarot cards. Nice. I have downloaded the yeah, fucking tabletop simulator mod and it has a crystal ball in the center of the whole thing. Gosh. It is a fully scripted deck, which is fascinating. That's so fair. It is, but you have the tarot cards, so we are we are set. We do not need these. For people who might be interested, I'm using the Tarot of the Divine, uh, which is a, a tarot card deck that uses a, a variety of folklore from around the world to highlight the meanings of the different cards. Sick. Jeff Stormer, a friend of me, has a, uh, a Philadelphia tarot deck. Oh my god. That's got like Rocky and the Always Sunny group and Joel Embiid. And it makes me so jealous because I wish there was a Chicago one. I want yeah. it, I want it so badly, but there's just not. I keep looking for it and there isn't. So if you're out there, please, please for me, make a Chicago tarot deck. Please, God. A Chicago deck would be so ripe with content that it could so have. So ripe. If Philly can do it, Chicago could crush it. There's like that guy from the bear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Calling out the most recent Chicago thing she can think of. There's um What else do you got? What else do you got? Oh, there's So there's like does it like the gangsters? Uh name. Give name, me his name. Uh Oh, okay. A specific one. Okay. The specific uh, one. <laughs> Buddy Malone. <laughs> Al Capone. <laughs> Buddy so Malone. Bad. Are you trying to do Batman's alter ego? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of fucking Matches Malone. <laughs> Oh my god. No, Matches Malone is the best Batman character, though. He's fucking... His fucking Columbo impression that you know he's doing. Oh, shit. Oh my god. Oh. I breathe it. All my Italian relatives just rolled over. Alright. Let's let it fucking rip. Yeah, Buddy pull it back Malone. together. Pull it back together. Buddy Malone. Alright. <laughs> Draw me at the beginning of an act. Each act uses a different uses a different deck. Are we gonna go through all acts? Do you think? Or are we gonna go through just one? Uh, it probably probably take a little bit to go through all of them. Let's just, let's start it up. And right. the listeners at home, if you want to complete this game for yourself, you can. All right, all right. Then so let me scroll up to the top here. We first draw one card from the major Arcana deck 
to be to to emphasize Cora, to be Cora's shadow, who Cora was in her past. All right, and I'm fucking shuffling. My favorite part of shuffling is the shuffling sound effect that comes equipped. <laughs> Is any of it coming through? It is. It is coming through. I can hear it. I can hear it. It's actually, I, I was like being a pain in the ass at the start. And, that, and then now that you've done it, I was listening to the shuffling. I was like, oh, this is very calming, actually. This is like setting the tone very well. All right. The first card, the card that defines Korra's shadow is the Hierophant. Let me, I, I need to look it up because I need to remember what that is, like what it means, actually. But what do you got? Let's let's talk about imagery first. Uh, mm -hmm. The higher uh, we've got we've got a lady and uh, uh, a, uh, like with like a, a a horse skull. No, it's a that's a this is like a bison skull. Okay. Um, uh, there there's some contemplation. There's water imagery, leaves. If you can believe that there's leaves. Mm. Um, <laughs> if so, I can believe it. If you can believe it. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, now, if you're now if you're impressed by that joke, uh, you might wanna you might wanna just hold on to your horses for when we get to the the deep stuff. Uh, Hierophant, uh, as a card, from Labyrinthos.co. I'm at that same website. The same website. Everyone goes there. Um, uh, the Hierophant is about uh structure. It's about social structures. Mm -hmm. It's about groups social groups um now the thing about the thing about cora the interesting mm -hmm. thing about cora in relation to this is that she's a she's a bit of a rebel mm -hmm. you're right well this is this is her shadow because cora or this person this person isn't cora anymore necessarily mm -hmm. the, or maybe will be once again but after ang touched her head and she ended up wherever she is uh this this sort this shadow that haunts her is structure it's it's the social it's the social of it that makes a lot of sense to me that mm -hmm. that being what haunts her because like you were the fucking white lotus if the white lotus keeps you in like a one town for the first 10 years of your life that's mm -hmm. gonna like follow you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like i'm looking at some of these keywords here tradition social groups conventionality conformity education knowledge belief um, like she comes from that small village. Like part of the thing about her entering Republic City is that she like did not mesh with it well to start, right? Am I remembering that correctly? She kind of brushed up against it and pushed against it in that way, which is like a a a fascinating read here. And then like in the reversed keywords, we have the rebellion, unconventionality, nonconformity, new methods, ignorance. Like, what better word to describe Cora than ignorant at times, right? Definitely. <laughs> like. If Cura doesn't want to do it, she's not gonna fucking do it. No. That's part of the thing. Bullhead her way through. This is a this is a great fucking uh, card. It really is, uh, and this will be our guide. This will be our guide for uncovering our past. Mm-hmm. 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 And so now we we start flipping the the individual cards. Am I right? We flip three cards from the Pentacles. Uh, you're exactly right. Uh. Now pentacle. Let's see. Swords, cups, wand. Okay, so it's a it's actually coins in mine. Just oh, okay. Tarot tarot's a bit silly like that. <laughs> tarot's a bit wacky sometimes. Tarot can get a little bit silly with it. <laughs> a little bit, as as a treat. 
Control T, Looney Tunes tarot deck. Enter. Oh, there's got to be one. There's got to be. The cartoony tarot deck submitted by Warner Bros. Entertainment, Inc. Uh, this is a cease and desist that was a DMCA that was sent to this Kickstarter. God. <laughs> With Powerpuff Girls, Looney Tunes. They were crushed. They were shot the fuck down. That is, is so sad. This is so fucking sad. Um, all right. Well, do you want to show we flip this first card? I've drawn yeah. three cards from the from the deck. Please, please, please. Uh, so you wake up at the the uh, to the book Act One. You wake up in an unfamiliar place, seemingly within a town or city. You cannot remember who you are or why you are here. All you know for certain is that you were not in your home. The first card we get: the Nine of Coins, the Nine of mm-hmm. Pentacles. Uh, you re- the prompt here. You realize you have an intense craving for something. What are you craving? Oh, craving. Does she have a food that she loves? Does she have like? Does she have? Is, I mean, yes, you don't have to be fa- craving food, right? You could be craving, a, a like a person or a connection or a. You could be craving a like, emotion. Oh, I, I like there being. <laughs> On one hand, I think it's really easy to reach for like, oh, maybe I've been out of it for a while. I'm probably hungry for like a big mm-hmm. meal. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of craving just like power, like not like mm-hmm. Palpatine, like craving power, but just like I need to feel some power in my hands. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to fill the fucking like I can tell that I am a battery that is depleted. Like there is space above me that I can fill with power. Yeah. Where is she waking up? It's it's not her home. It's not... I would like to get out of Republic City. Yeah, I I think we can leave it a little bit hazy right now because there are a couple of prompts that actually, like, specifically ask you about that. Mm, okay, and, okay, okay. But if we if we don't run into it, we can define it a bit more. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so she, she wakes up craving power. Craving power, craving that feeling of power. Do we want to? Do you want to stay on this or do we want to draw our next card? Or, I want to. I want to dig into this a little bit. I want to like. She doesn't remember her name. What is like? What is like the? When you wake up, if you wake up, you know nothing but that you were once powerful. Like, what is the next emotional step from that? Like, what is your what is your brain trigger next? You know what I mean? Like, is it is it something you push against? Is it something you try to follow? Or I guess Cora tries to follow, tries to pursue immediately. Or is it like a? How much innateness? Does Cora feel on the capability of gaining that power? Is it fearful? Is it? I'm, there's there's so many questions to build out of it. That's a good question. I'm imagining I'm imagining her like waking up, mm-hmm. and just the first thing she does is try to bend, like mm-hmm. like the first thing she does is like walk outside, feel the dirt under her, and try to move it, and it doesn't move to her. And she's like, "Why did I think I could do that? Like, why, why, what mm-hmm. is it that's in my past that makes me think I could do that?" Yeah, why would I ever think I could move the earth? Nobody can do that. When she finds yes. herself doing that, like little, that phantom bending movement in multiple ways, right? Yeah, the kind that you do in the pool when you're mm-hmm. a child and you're yes. trying to water bend. Mm-hmm. Or when you're looking really hard at a candle that you need to light, but you don't have a lighter, and you're just like, please, please, please. Exactly. I'm imagining like a montage of mm-hmm. her waking and like doing all of these things as she is like 
as she is doing the candle, as mm-hmm. she is bathing, as she has the dirt under her, like mm-hmm. trying. But I guess the only one that works is that she's like, oh, if only I could be up a little bit higher. And then she's in the air. Mm-hmm. And like maybe panics and it fades away and she drops and she has to keep working on that. And she's like, okay, this is a thing I can do. And it sounds like we're establishing her as being alone in whatever this place is. And this place is like a a cabin almost a it sounds like it is like a place where you can just where one person could live alone and maybe she thinks nothing of it maybe maybe she thinks she lives she has always lived here yeah Interesting. i i, I really like that i i love that i love this image i love i love this pitch for the start of of season two right like season yes. season one ends and everything goes black and then season two starts and it's just the uh these crickets outside like the noise the sound of nature let's draw another one or do you have other things to ask about this to pose i think let's flip it i think let's flip the next one Mm -hmm. all right the next card the three of coin the three of pentacles the three Uh, of pentacles you open your mouth and hear yourself speak what is your voice like it makes so much sense that she wouldn't talk if there's no one there like that's fascinating like (laughs) to just be alone for who knows how long without speaking because like if you wake up without your memories you wake up without like the knowledge that you can speak she's not craving connection she's not craving attachment so she's not remembering speaking i just i i love i love that detail that's fascinating to me yeah i I, because i think that first it's if you don't talk for a while Mm -hmm. what happens is that you is that you sound a little bit like how I sound right now uh but maybe I don't uh, like but like the the first words you say in a morning mm-hmm. are going to be a little bit rough and mm-hmm. I wonder if this I wonder if it's interesting if it almost isn't like that like she's like there's a there's a confidence to her words that she doesn't actually feel right now mm-hmm. But it's just like how her lungs have learned to like. Yes. It's how how she's learned how her body knows to talk. Mm-hmm. I love that she her her body is remembering, but her mind is not. She does not know what what it what it is. But she speaks. So she speaks in a voice that is almost not her own. Then because it is her body's voice, right? Like is that kind of like the view of that? That's exactly what I think. I think there is that disconnect. Like, what am I? am I just my body? Is this, am I the vibrations of the air? And mm-hmm. I, I think there's that connection. Like, well, I can move the air. The mm-hmm. air seems to be at my hands, but like there it's in all these little things, the vibration of the air through my like mm-hmm. connecting with my larynx and like producing these vibrations, producing the sounds. It's, it must feel like, wow, this is my whole world right now in a way. Mm-hmm. It's the, because if you're isolated, all you have to do is think about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so she is isolated, but she speaks. What causes her to speak? What is like the thing that draws her to, in, to her instinct to, to open her mouth, to, to respond? Is there someone there? I think that the most, like, because there are two options here. One is, one is danger. And one is, mm-hmm. uh, 
one is uh i one is the one that i like more which is that just like there's some silly like traveling farmer or like merchant rather Mm -hmm. uh who's just like hey you got i i'm selling bear potatoes or whatever the fuck they eat in the avatar universe good Uh, to see someone moved in over here i've got all my zucchinos they're zucchini potatoes for those of you that don't know that's exactly right and (laughs) yeah cora the this person the first person she's seen in who knows how long forever i guess like as far as she knows forever yeah, the first time I've ever seen another person, and it's this fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. And so she opens her voice and is like, uh, and it's like weirdly confidently like, uh, I don't want any of that stuff. Or probably more like, uh, yeah, I'll take 10. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to offload them anyway. Thank you so much for taking them. No one wants these things. <laughs> Yeah, they're obviously disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are they potatoes with the consistency of zucchini or zucchini with the consistency of potatoes? Both are bad. Yeah, they're both really bad <laughs> options. Like, you can make zucchini fries, I guess, but she can't because she can't, like, she can't fire bend. Well, I mean, yeah. she could, maybe she's making, like, she's alive, so she has to be cooking something, right? That's so, true. Like, is she, like,. Is she just actually using a real fucking oven? I guess so. Is she out there like, she tries to, she's like, okay, well, I can't fucking do that. So that's stupid. (laughs) But there's stuff in this house. And so clearly something in here I use to eat. Right, right. Yeah, like learning, learning Mm. the, we're talking about the spiritual here, but like the basics, like I am learning how to cook food. I am learning how to live mm-hmm. in a way that is like when you are at that basic level, you're at a certain level of like more so than like you've hit your lowest point, but like mm-hmm. you are at the lowest point insofar as you are mm-hmm. the most connected you could be to just the basicness mm-hmm. of You have been existence. reduced. Yeah. Um, and she probably mashes them a little bit. She probably tries to eat one whole. It's not very mm-hmm. good. Uh, and yeah, that that confidence, I, I think really, I don't think it extends. I don't think it extends to the cooking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, where was that fucking, where was all those guts I had earlier? Why, why have they failed me? God. It, so let's, let's draw the, the third and final one, right? The third and final yeah. one out of, out of Pentacles. Out yeah, of coins. For our, for our unfamiliar place, this is the five of, of coins, of pentacles. You take a deep breath and smell something in the air. What is the scent? Does it trigger any memories? My first gut is oil. Like the smell of a of a oil engine, of, of, of machinery. I think it can call to like spending time with Asami in that way, right? Like it is like the... The things that are like the the machinations of something. I don't know what that is, but that is my immediate gut. Do you have another idea? I think that's right. I think it has to be the oil, the like, the just the smell of like hot machines like burning mm-hmm. against each other. Because this is this is probably just like what Republic City smells like, um, mm-hmm. and like or more so like this is. This is what the equalist bases probably smelled like with all their machinery and like with all their strange contraptions and all the factories. It's 
I don't know if it would trigger a memory outright, but I think it would have a feeling, and that feeling is that there is some place I am sitting outside of. Like she's having a memory of sitting outside somewhere, or she's actually sitting out. Like the setting is actually, oh, there's a thing just down the road. I mean, it could be as literal as that, but I think it's just like, like Cora understands at this moment that like, oh, I am outside from somewhere right now. Mm-hmm. I am in the position of outside, mm-hmm. like. I am I am not inside right now. I am not with people. I it's I think it's I think she she has these flashes of memory of Asami of Asami or of like, you know, this this woman with like mm-hmm. immaculate makeup which is not anything like something anyone wears uh mm-hmm. in the world and like the hot machinery and it's gone like that, but she knows that there is some place she could be right now. Mhm. Mhm. And I think that that craving for power that exists in there, like right now it has manifested in knowledge for so long, but now it can almost pivot in like that change from like knowledge to the want for information, like because information is power. She wants to know who she saw. She wants to know what that smell is and how it can create, like what it can do and like kind of like follow that path. Right. Does that does that fit? I think so. I think so. I I love this, like, imagining, like, a season two starting with this episode as season, as episode one. I was just like, you, maybe you, you don't hear her speak till halfway through the episode, and then it ends with, like, the uh, the sounds of an engine and the, these flashes of light, these flashes of images, and, like, a look of determination, and then you cut to episode two. is like, that is a, such a strong season two, because season two is what I think is the weakest in Legend of Korra. So I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, get get rid of all the, the fucking kaiju fights. Uh, mm. It's time for quiet contemplation with Korra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's time to think <laughs> about your feelings. Exactly. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I agree. I really like what we've created here. Uh, yeah, this is great. And so now, uh, you know, usually, listener, we take a quick break and go to our, our many, many sponsors. But today we are just... we. We don't have time for sponsors. This one's just for us. We um we also watched <laughs> Raincoats and Recipes from the Gilmore Girls. Jacqueline, you let it slip that you've never watched Gilmore Girls before. Yeah, this was my first time. Fascinating to know. I need to know what you think of this show. <laughs> this being like... This being your read. I I mean, I, I'll, I'll say it. I like the episode and I liked the show. I thought the, the, the performances were like compelling. The like it was it was just like quirky in a way that mm-hmm. makes me like understand a whole generation of other things that accompany it. Mm-hmm. It I, I I get it. I like I get why Gilmore Girls. And this is like I was watching my my wife and I had watched all of Gilmore Girls. Uh uh before uh you know earlier this year and let me tell you this is the there like three episodes before this you hit what is like the best the best that gilmore girls is gonna be and then you have two episodes that is then this one and then from here it is nothing but downhill okay (laughs) it just it just really hits a spiral (laughs) after here it just keeps plummeting down into the dirt (laughs) and it's a shame because like there's so much i liked about this show before it exploded 
I can understand why you chose this episode in that case. You 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 don't just have like, oh, I want to have a little like I don't like this part of the episode. I want to change it. You want to save the series. You want to like I, go back in time and fix it. I want to fix Gilmore Girls, and I uh you know you know Mandy and I watched this and she had a she was she, she, watching it. Uh, she realized she had a lot of notes, so I have all of her notes here as well. Amazing. Her important notes because it's. We came up with a lot. Let me tell you, listener, what happens in this episode. Lorelai, uh, they're you know they're the, the titular Gilmore girls, Lorelai and Rory. Lorelai owns an inn and has finally been able to build and prepare the Dragonfly Inn as the uh, at, at, you know for its opening weekend. It's not opening yet, but this is the first night that people are staying there. They've invited all their friends from town to be here tonight, friends and family. And test, like, will this place work as it's open? And so, you know, we we see, like, you know, Lorelai sweating this. We see Suki working with the kitchen staff. We see Rory's home from college for this week to, like, prep for this. She just saw Jess recently. Uh, Jess, for those of you who don't know, is the is the bad boy leather jacket, like, like uh, nephew of, of Luke, the local uh, diner owner, who's, you know, rough around the edges, but... There's a heart in there somewhere, but right now he doesn't care about anybody, man, but except for, damn it, except for Rory. <laughs> and then there's there's also, if we're talking about Rory's boyfriends, there's Dean. I hate him. Um, <laughs> Dean, Dean sucks shit. You may know him as not Dean from Supernatural, but the other one. Um, he is a, a tool. He sucks so bad. He's married. He's in a relationship with his wife who he hates. She hates him. They both hate each other. And and he desperately wants to get back with his high school sweetheart, Rory Gilmore. Um, he has no redeemable qualities. Um, what else do we have here? Luke and Lorelai has just recently started maybe dating. I don't know. They've had some, they, they, they think they might be. They don't know. Luke isn't the one to talk about his feelings. Lorelai's not one to give effort into anything. And we leave, we are, we're here in this kind of weird uh-oh point. And oh no, Lorelai's ex-husband is here. Not ex-husband, sorry, ex-boyfriend. Rory's dad is here. Christopher, he also sucks. He has no redeeming qualities. <laughs> Have a lot of opinions, but <laughs> yeah. you know, the night goes on. You get it. It ends with a decision that infuriated me <laughs> when watching it the first time, and goddamn it, it did it again this time. Rory and Dean go back to Lor- to Lorelai's house, and Rory has a affair with Dean in her childhood bed. Um, so I I hate Dean. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I hate Christopher. <laughs> I, I, it, there's so much to really fix here, but and then I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it. There's um I think I like that Rory makes bad decisions. I like that Rory's a character who is presented by the camera as kind of infallible. Same with Lorelai a little bit, but they both have a lot of shitty tendencies and they both kind of suck sometimes. Yeah. This is the last time that we get character growth for, like, good character growth for Rory. Good character growth for her friend Lane. <laughs> the last time we get good character growth for Jess was two episodes ago. Oh, no. Like, the last time Lorelai's hair is good. <laughs> like, it, it, it all spirals from this point. This, this linchpin 
The last time we get good character growth for Kelly Bishop as Emily Gilmore, who deserves so much more. Do you have Do you have any issues with this? I get, who that came up in the actual episode itself. Um, that's, I, I, I guess I just don't have the full context, so it's hard to. I, I guess I didn't. I, understand. I, I didn't like um Michelle. <laughs> that's fair. I forgot. I always I forget about Michelle as soon as he's off the screen every time. He made like an ableist joke about one of the other guys, and I was like, <laughs> "That's not nice." Yep, yep. This show hits that early two thousands problem, and it gets worse in these again in these next three seasons, where it's very mean, and it just gets meaner. And you're like, "Why <laughs> did this happen?" And it's because two thousands humor was just let's insult the closest person to me at any given moment, which is just so frustrating. Yeah, like I, I also. I guess I just felt like the ending was a little bit contrived. I don't know. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, I, 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 I don't know. It, it's, it just felt kind of like a manufactured, like, oh, what's a, what's a cool, what's a spicy way to end a season? Sex. It's, it is, this is another important note. This is, this is, uh, this is Rory's first time as well, which adds to the, uh, adds to the mess of this whole thing, right? Is that then, like, it's the show giving the message that sex is bad and traumatic. And, like, not, like, traumatic in, like, a traumatic way. But it is bad in a way that, like, your entire life will unravel. Which is what then, like, becomes the next couple seasons. And it... I shake my damn head. Yeah, I mean, it gives the message that, like, like, not only that sex is this, like, huge big important thing mm-hmm. and like grave and dangerous thing but also like i guess that like the most important thing in the world is this is the circumstances of your first time uh like having sex which is i think just like a weird message to give out like that's not i don't know it is and yeah it, ugh, i drag my hands down my face let me talk about what this episode did right now yes. i um I love Luke. Luke, again, the diner owner, has he has such a rough charm about him that I find immediately kind of just a, just immediately intoxicating. I uh-huh. have to watch Luke. Whenever I see him fumbling over his words and like to give to give you the context, Jacqueline, he's been like a hot. It's he and Lorelai have had a will they won't they for four seasons at this point, and they've been kind of bouncing off each other and like fucking. Luke gets very grumpy and he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like mad all the time. Grumpa, grumpa. And like someone makes a joke about like uh like going to therapy and he's goes and buys a self-help book and he's really weird about it. And he starts reading it and like uh it does one of those like I bet you did I, I didn't say a name, but I bet you pictured her, huh? Like part of that. And like he goes, Huh. And then from that point on, he's like, Oh shit, I like Lorelei. Like I want to spend time with Lorelei. And he starts trying to be a better person in that way. And it's just like, I don't know, man. It's really sweet. And then he passes the self-help books on to Jess, his 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 nephew, that is like a pain in the ass. Like, hey, you could be a better person too if you want to be. And it's just it's just really sweet. I just That love is Luke. sweet. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. This show should be all about this guy. This show should be all about he's the Gilmore guy. <laughs> <laughs> Rory and Lorelai are fun to watch. They they they're banter back and forth. Like this show is a mile a fucking minute, and I do like that. 
Um, it's what I like about Happy Endings, uh, the sitcom that takes place in Chicago for three seasons. I, I do like it, but I want to fix it. We should this, fix it. We we should. And so I've, I've come up with an idea. Okay. Lay it on me, Hopkins. There's a divergent point in this episode where Lorelai. There's a point in this episode that I'm changing. Lorelai walks to the the main room after dinner and sees Christopher, her ex, her ex, standing there, and she goes, "Why are you here?" Like, and that becomes a fight, and this is where, like, at this point, we're done with Christopher. I'm fucking tired of this shit. So I would like to propose to you that we introduce a murderous rampage into this. And I would like to play, you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave, by, <laughs> by my good friend Marn last name. Uh, I, you know what? I think that's a perfect idea. <laughs> I think that instead of Christopher being there, I think standing there is Jess. Rory walks out instead of Lorelai and sees Jess there. And Jess is like, uh, you know, Rory's like, what are you doing here? And Jess is like, oh, you know, I, I came to... My, my uncle forgot something. Luke forgot something. I'm just dropping this off. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm leaving. Don't worry about it. I'm not here to cause a problem. And is trying to like get around and like is getting in an argument. And so he like leaves a suitcase or something that Luke left. And he turns around to open the door and the door won't open. The doors are locked. He's she's like, why aren't you going? He's like, I'm trying. The doors, the, your your stupid door won't work. Oh, and they're God. fighting it. And they struggle, struggle, and they won't open. And that's when a scream happens, because now we've entered Murder Town. So, let me open up. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave here. Do you have that game? I'm on pay- PayPal as we, as we talk, buying, the, <laughs> buying the, very, the very generous bundle of it and its expansion. Exactly. Now, I am going to take a second here and scroll through this, this, uh, this, this, this uh, chat here, because we have to start with a specific game, because... This is a Firebrands-like. Um, it is a game that you know is full of different mini-games that move move the story forward here. Can I the, just uh, say quickly also that Lorelai has the best facial expressions I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah! The actors in this react like they're cartoon characters. It is wild to me. Yes. It's amazing. Now... The pitch to this, the first game we're supposed to play is In the Air Tonight, which is a strange dream. It's about conducting a dream. Um, if you will unspoiler the post I've made in our chat, earlier in this episode, Kirk talks about how he has night terrors. Yes. Um, the, re- the reason that this is different is that we are in Kirk's night terror. <laughs> Kirk, as played by Sean Gunn, is, has asked Luke to help uh, stop him when he starts to have a night terror because they always end with, up with him naked alone on the roof. Um, and so we are in that dream and we don't know it. The actual episode's playing out as normal outside, but this is the divergent point in which people will be like, wait, this isn't the show I've been watching. So scrolling through here, are there any of these mini games you want to play? <laughs> There's, is there something I should know? An investigation? Hit me with your best shot, which is a conversation over billiards. Staying alive, which is a chase. Who can it be now? A conversation through a door. Fight it out. Meeting fist to fist. I want to dance with somebody. A dance. I think we're alone now. Stealing time together. Time after time. A memory. Or burning down the house, which is checking out. 
And do you want to be the monster? Do you want to figure out what, what a monster is in the Dragonfly Inn? Yeah, what? Let, let's think about this. What is a monster in the Dragonfly? Is it a big dragonfly? It could be a it could be as simple as a big dragonfly. Stars Hollow is a show is is a setting that is made up of such a clear cast. Everyone in town knows each other's shit. In this episode, Rory goes, uh, if you're with Luke, you're with Luke. Everyone in town will know. And so, like, if we're manifesting if we want to manifest spheres that are specific to Stars Hollow, it is like everyone knowing everything. Everyone, like the kind of cohesion that happens in Stars Hollow is a is a fear like everyone will know your business there's also the fear of it's a small town it's like not incorporated <laughs> like there's also the fear of this is your life's dream and what if it doesn't work out as far as the dragonfly like these are the dynamics at play yeah yeah i mean i i i'm seeing eyes i'm seeing tight like mm-hmm. tight squeezes i'm seeing towers that watch i'm seeing some foucault mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. uh this is this is all this is very like incredibly uh i'm a lot of body horror uh yes i i think just like like oh that that dragonfly isn't supposed to have eyes on on its tail and it's not like it it shouldn't wrap mm-hmm. around like that to watch everything but it is Does, uh, why is that dragonfly got a human mouth exactly exactly mm-hmm. there's also the classic like a killer wearing a mask with a dragonfly emblem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we could, since this is a dream sequence, we are allowed a little bit of flexibility. And so we could also just say, oh, look, it's Matthew Lillard as Ghostface here to do murder. You know what? I, I'll never fucking turn down that offer. <laughs> I never... My... Go on letterbox.com slash swampert. You see Scream, my favorite movie of all time. It's 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 in the it's 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 there for me. Uh Matthew Lillard Ghostface, let's fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 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 Ghostface is here in the room. Should we just cut to staying alive, a chase? I think so. I think so. Uh, only you and your chosen partner play. Uh, I, I, you know, it is me, and you are my chosen partner as Ghostface. You are the hunter. I am the quarry. Uh, I think it is important right now. I think. Uh, let's see. Let me pull up the list, the guest list of the. I think that I am playing. Uh, one of just one of the fucking guests there. I'm playing. Uh, reading the. Uh, Tom, is that who I think it is? I have an no. entire I have a cast list here that I wrote up as I saw new characters. <laughs> oh, um, buddy, yes. Uh do you mean do you run through that really fast for you just so people do can you... know who's here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually walk me down the cast list. Okay, so to me this is who is in Gilmore Girls. First of all, there's uh the there's first of all, there's Rory. She's a stressed Yale student confused about relationships. <laughs> Then there's Lorelai, the owner, who thinks she's dating Luke, and the main character. Uh, amazing facial expressions. There's Lulu, the girl who likes Kirk. There's Kirk, the guy who likes wood. There's Michelle, the guy who likes his dogs and is ableist. There's Suki, the lady from Mike and Molly. There's Ro- there's uh, there's the cool guy on the corner. Outside. He's not in the hotel, but there's a cool guy on the corner at one point just playing music outside, and I like him. He's just named the town troubadour. He doesn't really have a name. He's just the guy who plays music. 
I like him. Uh, there's Dean, the guy from Supernatural, who's married. Uh, there's Taylor, the most annoying guy in the world. And there's Jason, the guy who sucks. Uh, yep. And oh, I've ro- been calling him Christopher the whole time because that's his actor's name. Oh, okay. Gotcha. His, his actor's name is Chris Eicherman, and his name is Jason Stiles. You're right. We also shouldn't forget the robe woman. <laughs> the what woman? The robe woman. The, the women robe. in robes. There are just women in bathrobes at the dinner at the at the in this episode. You're, you're right. You're right. You're, you're Babette, Babette and Lulu. How can I forget those? Everyone you see is a consistent character. You also you missed one, which are two, which was uh, Emily Gilmore, the uh, Rory's grandmother and Lorelai's mother. And Richard Gilmore, and you know, the father and grandfather, they come in for a moment, uh, and they're put in the honeymoon suite outside. Emily Gilmore is the one who has the uh, the the voice that is like, "Why did you do that? Why did you put me and your father outside? Oh, well, that's ridiculous. You know, I despise that man." That's a really good impression. I watched a lot of the show, <laughs> <laughs> and I like Emily Gilmore. <laughs> a character she sucks and i love her they should have gotten a divorce they didn't get a divorce after this that's another change that needed to happen. oh my god we need, anyway. how can we make that happen in this game too yes i have plans oh <laughs> <laughs> you i have a whole alternate future that mandy workshopped and we're gonna epilogue it okay but taylor uh taylor who is the uh one of the uh the 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 fake mayor figure the town selectman is being pursued through the Dragonfly Inn. Okay. So, the quarry conducts the chase. First, say where you're going. What's? Oh, I'm the quarry. Sorry, I conduct the chase. First, say where you're going. What's safe to des- destination in the hotel is your end goal. Why do you think you'll be safe there? If you don't know yet, that's okay, too. Lead the hunter through a series of four challenges and admissions. Choose freely, though the third must be an admission. During this chase, you and your hunter will gain coins, representing the distance you've gained on each other. I have a, uh, a D6 here. We're going to use that as a coin. Evens are heads. Tails are odd. Okay. So, first off, we are going to go through this, and then we're going to flip these coins as they go around. So, challenges. First off, I am going to... I uh, Taylor is trying to run towards the front desk where he thinks Lorelai is. Because obviously Lorelai has been controlling this and knows what to do. So she will have a solution in place. I've written it down that she should have a solution in place and I'm here to complain. Now, I, uh, I pass through a cluttered room with plenty of obstacles to throw in your way. Follow me if you want, but throw. On tails, you have to find another way around and I gain one coin. I, uh, I charge through, Taylor charges through uh, the kitchen, and it's like running through uh, all of uh, Suki's uh, 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 kitchen staff and like trying to make his way through and, and dodge around and is trying to dip through that area. Do you follow me? There's so much happening. It's scary. It's frightening. Do you want to be revealed yet? I... So he, I'm imagining him literally throwing the kid like who that serves him late earlier that night like <laughs> in the path. Yes. Uh... I, I, I do follow you. Mm-hmm. A, a kitchen staff is not a, in, and there's not an obstacle for Ghostface. I'm going to throw. All right, I've got my dice here, heads or tails. I believe it's on a heads. It's a success. Let me, let me, let me read here. Let me make sure. Um, if you throw, 
Yeah. So I guess say evens or odds. Uh, evens. It is a four. That is one for you. Describe how you make your way through this kitchen with ease. Uh, you throw the you throw the little red-haired boy who served you earlier that night in my path, and I slip a knife into his gut and throw him, and just like as easily as that, mm-hmm. toss him to the side. Everyone else is too scared to get in my way, and I just mm-hmm. continue walking at just like a, a pace that seems like walking, but is catch but is catching up to you at running speed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I. I pass through a dark room with plenty of opportunity to hide or obscure my path. Follow me if you want, but throw. On tails, you have to painstakingly pick up my trail again, and I gain one to- to- one coin. I'm uh, I'm running running up the stairs. I'm running down the stairs now to the basement. Um, it is it's dark down there. It's the cellar where like the extra food and wine and some of the materials are hidden, but it's unfinished right now because the dragonfly in is still kind of getting put together. I've uh, I've taken taken refuge beneath some uh like behind some bags of uh fucking i don't know squash we're doing more squash between the bags of potatoes and squash uh-huh. piled high <laughs> do you find are you looking are you back here are you gonna follow me downstairs to, to the basement of course, of course i do mm-hmm. you're coming on down so it's uh on tails which is an did i say odd i think so Tails is odd. You have to painstakingly pick up my trail again. Nope, it's a four again. You know exactly where I am. Yeah, like I think you you try to hide behind a bag and you and you can hear it spilling out because a mm-hmm. knife has been stabbed into the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can just hear rice spilling onto the floor on the other side of you. <laughs> Sorry, potatoes. Potato. You can hear potatoes <laughs> spilling out. They've been cut from their place. <laughs> ah! I back up. I run. I think. Uh, I think here. I have to do an admission. You managed to injure me, slowing my progress. Throw on heads. I'm too wounded to continue. The chase ends now with me at your mercy. That that knife goes through the potato bag and gets gets Taylor in the in the gut. He stumbles backwards and starts clamoring for the cellar door that leads to the outside. He he's he's trying to crawl up it. You throw on heads. I can't make it out. What do you? How are you pursuing me as as Taylor crawls up the stairs here? Um, I, I think I'm 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 hiking up my my ghost face cloak, and <laughs> revealing my my sneakers, and I am I'm just sort of like going at a a light jog because you're because you're kind of like you're not going the world's fastest, but I want mm-hmm. to get ahead of you, still. What is it? Is it on heads? I I escape. On heads, no, you're it, too wounded to continue. You stand over Taylor. Taylor, you're able to get ahead of him. Taylor looks up at you, and goes, "But I'm the town selectman." I tilt my head, and grab you, and throw you over the staircase, and ah! <laughs> he falls and dooms. And that's the scream that Jess and uh, Rory hear. And they to let them know there's a killer in here. Uh, would you like to pick one game before we go to burning down the house? <laughs> I certainly would. Let me let me look through these really quick. 
And if you have one of those fuckers in the list that you'd like to target. Uh, by the way, in this story, uh, there was actually Dean and Jason were in a car crash that was separate of this whole thing. They both <laughs> died. Nobody found out. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> a dual head-on collision. Oh, it I'm so glad. It was Ghostface, actually. He did do a good thing there. <laughs> Ghostface uh, did it. <laughs> Ghostface was right all along. Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to do... Mm, let's let's do I Want to Dance with Somebody. Dance with Somebody. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Who's dancing? Who's dancing? There's so many good options. I, there's murders afoot. There's danger in the air. There's... I, I so I think there's a few good options. There's mm-hmm. there's Lorelai and Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Kirk and who, who's who's the one Kirk likes? Lulu. Oh, uh, is it Lulu? I, I think, think it, it is. I think let me control T here. It is Lulu. Yes. There's there's Luke and Kirk. Uh, they had some stuff going on in this episode. <laughs> You do have some stuff going on here. Actually, though, no, that is the answer. It's Luke and Kirk dancing together. Thank you for this gift. Would you like to be Sean Gunn or Luke? <laughs> I, I feel Important like... Important note... Uh-huh. Oh, yes. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Important notes for, for Kirk Gleason. Have you seen uh, The Amazing World of Gumball? No. Okay, that's a cartoon. Uh, so you, this touch point's not going to hit you. Kirk okay. is somebody who is always doing a job around town. When you like, when the show needs to be like, there's somebody working at a grocery store. It's Kirk. Somebody's working at the movie theater. It's Kirk. Somebody's helping like set up the town square for a setting for a party. It's Kirk. Like a wedding planner. Kirk. Musician. Kirk. He does everything, and he's just a fucking boob about it. The the most mentally ill man in the world with the one power of networking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let me read this to you. Kirk is a centric character from Stars Hollow, mostly known for his string of jobs career paths, which change from episode to episode. Um, he can be sweet, seemingly innocent guy, and most of his motives mean well, but he's also incredibly irrational and sometimes has an uncontrolled larger-than-life physicality in the presence of other people. He did take... A- yeah, he's perturbed, performed an interpretive dance number of life and death that has brought people to tears. God, that's amazing. Uh, I, I I, feel like you have a passion for Luke in your soul, so you should get to be Luke. Thank you for this gift. Thank you. We get to take turns asking each other questions and have the worst dancer ask first. Um, okay. Luke is the worst dancer here because Kirk has taken ballet and taught a ballet class. That's right. <laughs> Obviously, once every answer is asked two questions. Why? Are, how did we come to be dancing? What is like? How did Luke and Kirk come to be dancing here? Um, I'm convinced that this is my night terrors manifesting in the real world, and I need you to calm me down through dance. <laughs> Luke's like Kirk. I don't really think that's like now's the right time for. Fine. Okay. I promised. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the music starts playing as like to cut off Luke. <laughs> Lorelai is playing it and like laughing in the corner. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, it. What? What song is playing? If they ask you that huge question, oh. <laughs> what mid two thousands? I I like the idea of it actually just being I want to dance with somebody. 
mm-hmm. but maybe it's like maybe it's something that they really like can't actually dance to like the way that they're trying like the with the slow dance but like it's like skater boy or something is that is that period appropriate yeah, 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 I think that's very inappropriate. Oh, oh, because Rory went and got all the CDs. Yes, yes, absolutely. You get it. So, uh, okay, okay. You have the opportunity to draw me close and hold me there for a moment. Do you take it? Immediately. <laughs> you bring me such comfort. Kirk falls in Luke tight and puts his hand his head on his chest, like, leaning it there. And starts crying. <laughs> okay, you're... Pep, it's okay, buddy. Alright. Are you... Are you okay? <laughs> you good? I don't know. I don't know if it's all gonna be okay anymore. I don't think anything's ever gonna be okay again. It's... Probably one day. Right? You got so much... Potential in front of you. And life in front of you. I tried, I tried unlocking the door earlier. It wouldn't unlock. Do you have the key? No. That's why it didn't unlock, Kurt. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> um, I lose the rhythm briefly stepping out of time. Do you let me stumble or coax me back to the beat? I would great fucking like anger in my step <laughs> you're like kirk kirk one two three four one two three four one two three or why are you swinging it i i you're right you're right I'm, I, I'm better than this you're better yeah yeah there you go okay see this works we're, we're waltzing i guess we're waltzing. this is this is waltzing yeah <laughs> You're so good to me, Luke. Don't don't look at me directly in the eyes. <laughs> don't look at my chest. Either. Look to the side. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, we bro- we <laughs> you lean your head on my shoulder. Your mouth barely brushing my ear. What do you say? I think you might be my rock, Luke. Like, cold to the touch, or I've been wearing sweaters recently because the doctor says my body temperature is too low. So it's is that? No, no, you're you're comfortingly warm. I, 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 I like a lava stone. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, no, uh, a little bit. Uh, but uh, there's something I I can't quite. I don't know how to act around people, but. Uh-huh. It's it's with you it's so easy cuz you just say ah oh, don't do that or ah oh, do that and it's like okay I w- well, I won't do that or I will do that and it's like, easy because you said so. Well, I wish you had other people who had that you had that with. Oh. But I am glad that somebody can do that for you. You know I I worked as the I worked with with the, Taylor, uh, I worked <laughs> with Taylor for a little bit as a uh, said an un, said he was hired me to be his understudy. Uh, his understudy. I but 
he didn't know how to give orders. He he didn't really get it. Kirk, push, hold you back by your shoulders. Listen to me, Kirk. Anybody could give orders if they try, alright? You could give orders even, alright? I could give orders? Yeah, I am... I am giving you permission to give orders. Does that help? You have control of your life now, alright? Alright. Alright. I've got control of all of this. I I slip my hand into yours looking for closeness or comfort. Do I find it? <laughs> Absolutely not! <laughs> oh, it's fucking perfect. Luke's like... That's great, buddy. Okay. There's been a murder here. So I am going to go try to figure that out. All right? Do you, um, here, let me just weakly spin you and move you off away. <laughs> just, you're stumbling with the bathroom, ladies, now. Just like, you got him, Kirk. You can do orders, too. I can do orders, too. I can do anything. More conviction. I can do anything. That's right, buddy. I gotta go. Get Walk away. God. Beautiful. Great Amazing. Scene. I the the final thing to close out this episode will be we'll play the final game of of you, you can check out any type you like, but you can never leave. And this is burning down the house. Uh, decide together. Everyone plays. You are revolting against the hotel. Uh each person gets one term and may challenge the rest of the table, who will act as the voice of the hotel of the Dragonfly Inn. Uh, on your turn, choose an act of violence you commit against the Dragonfly Inn, and let the other players come to a consensus on how the Dragonfly Inn reacts to you. Okay, gotcha. So we each get one. We each get one turn mm-hmm. as the thing. Not the, mm-hmm. not the thing, but... Not the, not, not the thing. <laughs> the thing could be here. That was in my head also. <laughs> Instead of Matthew Lillard's scream, it was the thing. It might be jumping the shark a little bit. <laughs> you're right, you're right. That's too much. So, uh, I, uh... Let's see. I'm reading here. I'm reading here. Um, <clears throat> I think for, for, for me, it is, uh... It is Jess. I rush the front doors. I'm faster than you're anticipating. Can you react in time to keep me... No, it's not Jess. It's Emily Gilmore from the outside. It's Emily's music. Oh, shit. I rush the front doors. I'm faster than you're anticipating. Can you react in time to keep me from breaking free? How? She's trying to break in to yell at Lorelai for sticking her out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really good. I was not expecting someone to try and break in. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think I'm able to react fast enough. I, I think that the doors, the doors like give a cursory shake, like they try to shake you off, but mm-hmm. I don't think that, I think that you are able to slam them open. Mm-hmm. And just Lorelai Gilmore, what is happening in here? I have been trying to call for room service for hours. Oh my God. Is that a body? Uh, kick in the door. <laughs> And I yeah, the the door is it fair to say the door slams shut behind her, like sort of like kick like sending her flying in a little bit. I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. 
Yeah, she she stumbles forward and she goes, the draft in this place is unbelievable. I have somebody for this. I could give you a number that you could call to get some proper woodsmanship in here. Oh, then, Mom. What? <laughs> Mom. <laughs> what, is, what is your challenge? Uh, my challenge, I'm going to be, let me look at this cast list. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be. I'm gonna be Lorelai. I think Lorelai needs mm-hmm. to. I think Lorelai needs to fight back against the hotel at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. I make my way to the boiler room in an attempt to bring the entire hotel down around me. Can you block or divert my path? How? I think I think they're trying to right. Like the hotel is trying. Like there's potatoes and squash everywhere. <laughs> Getting in your way. They send Matthew Lillard's scream at Lorelai, charging. But I think Lorelai does what a proper what a proper reaction to see Ghostface, which is just like clothes lines him. And yes. He fucking he does a wild bump where it looks like somehow his head stays in one place, but his whole rest of his body is now like vertical and he spikes down on his shoulders in the sickest bump you've ever seen. It's fucking amazing. It's like a, for anyone who knows, who knows wrestling, it's like a Mayui Watani style bump. It's, mm-hmm. it's fucking cartoonish uh, because <laughs> it's so easy to beat up Ghostface. Most people don't realize this, but Lorelai yeah. has it in her. <laughs> Ghostface don't got it like Brandon James got it. No, no, certainly not. Oh, <laughs> um, and yeah, and I, I trek on. I, I, I like, I, I kick off your mask and leave you crying. I'm gonna be Shaggy one day, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like, like, just being like, oh fuck, what's a what's a good Lorelai one-liner? Uh well, the floors are already. Shag, the fuck. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> the boiler explodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does everyone die? Kirk wakes up <laughs> from his nightmare. He's nude. He's on the roof. He runs downstairs and grabs a blanket and wraps it around him and he sees Rory leaving to go get the CDs and he grabs Rory by the shoulder and he's like, you need to go talk to Jess because Dean is trash and married and you're better than that. And she does. She stops. She calls Jess. Lorelai's parents get divorced. They wake up the next morning. They see each other. They both say, we're going to get a divorce at the same time. And they go, oh, well. And then they both get into a fight over whose idea it was to get divorced. Dean and Chris are actually in that car crash. They do both die. No one notices for weeks. <laughs> um, Jess eventually goes on. Rory and him get together. They still fight, but they fight about writing. Jess joins Emily's book club down the line. <laughs> Richard starts dating <laughs> Jason's Jason's current wife, now widow. Oh my god. It's all golden from here, baby. <laughs> You fixed Gilmore Girls. I did it. We did it. <laughs> we fixed Cora. We did it. And I, th- I think we can, the, the same way we do every single episode of this show, I think we can take a good look back and say that we're better than the writers. 
We are better than those rioters. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, you can tune in next week for where we fixed Voltron. Yeah, we're fixing Voltron and Arrow. <laughs> God. Two shows that mean the same amount to the same people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. End of episode. Holy shit. <laughs>